You're listening to Gruesome and Unnatural, a true crime podcast. Back to another episode of Gruesome and Unnatural. I'm Shelly. And I'm Eric. And this is episode 14. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we're going to do a little different take on this episode. Um, but yeah, we're going to talk about the glorifying of serial killers. Mostly about this whole Dahmer documentary thing that came out and everyone's watching. We mean, we watched it. Yeah, more like the glorifying of serial killers and overshadowing the victims. Yes, exactly. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, we'll talk about the victims um, that unfortunately came across Dahmer. Uh, I don't want to get into it. We all know what he did. We all know what he did. <laughs> so I'm not Super gonna, trending yeah. documentary or, exactly. you know, series or whatever. Yeah, and there's so many documentaries and, you know, all these things about Dahmer. So we all know what a piece of shit he was and what he did. So we're not here to talk about all that horrible stuff. Um. So, yeah, let's um let's talk about some of the victims and just some information. We'll just chat about the documentary and stuff, I guess. Right? Okay. So I found a lot of my information at findagrave.com. So Stephen Hicks, um, he was born June 22nd, 1959 in Canton, Ohio to Richard and Martha. Um, yeah, he was the one that was uh, hitchhiking. He wanted to go to a rock concert, which was only 25 miles away. Um, and unfortunately came across Dahmer, but um, yeah, his... Uh, his dad actually stated, um, actually, I, I got it from the Associated Press, but uh, his dad stated that during a hunting trip, Stephen had shot a rabbit and, quote, was as proud as he could be, and then he bawled his eyes out. I hear a lot of people doing that when they go hunting. Sometimes they, like, I don't know what overcomes them to make them cry. Not me. I know, not you, but anyway, so he died June 18th, 1978, at only 18 years old, and he's laid to rest at Greensburg Cemetery in Green Summit County, Ohio. Uh, and then there's Stephen Tuami, born on December 19th, 1962, in Michigan. Um, he was remembered by people as quiet but artistic. He was known to be cheerful and energetic. He loved life, always willing to help others, and he was super friendly and makes and he made friends like super easily. One of his classmates stated, quote, I was in art class with him, and he made a beautiful lead-stained glass lamp that I can still remember. It was just beautiful. I remember he could just do anything artistic. Uh, so he died November 20th, 1987 at only 24 years old, and his body actually was never recovered. But there is a headstone for him at Holy Family Catholic Cemetery in Montanagan, Michigan. Um, but yeah, this is one of the ones where Dahmer was never charged because there wasn't like enough evidence for, but I mean, yeah, he did kill him though. How do, how do they know he killed him? Did he admit to it? I think he did. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he did. Um... Jamie uh, Docks Totter, Tater, born March 1st, 1973. Uh, he was the oldest of four. He actually ran away f because from his home because his stepfather was a abusive towards him. Uh, and his, mother, his mom said, quote, he was just misunderstood, but he had all love and that she loved him. Uh, he was six feet tall and only 14 years old. He loved to play pool and loved to ride his bike. His mom, almost, his mom also said that he was uh, independent and outgoing. And... One of uh, 
her son's favorite Bible verse or something in the Bible was quote, uh, what was it? Forgive them for they not know what they did, what they do. And then she said, quote, I will never feel that way about Dahmer. He sits there so calmly and explains all the things that he did. He knew what he was doing. He unfortunately died January 16th, 1988 at only 14 years old. He's buried in Stockbridge, Indiana or Indian uh, burial grounds in Ballard, Wisconsin. And then there's Richard Guerrero, born December 6th, uh, sorry, December 12th, 1965. Uh, his sister just automatically thought that, unfortunately, that he was dead like the minute he went missing because it was just uh, so unlike him. She stated, quote, if he wanted to be like that, he would have at least called my mom and let her know everything that was okay instead of leaving us in the dark like that with my, mother, with my mother praying to God every day that the Lord will send her son home, end quote. Her sister actually believed that the police didn't take his disappearance seriously because he was Hispanic. And I'm sure we all can feel the same way about the police and this whole thing that happened with Dahmer. Just they didn't care, it seems like. I mean, they sent a 14-year-old boy back home to with, or, you know, back with Dahmer after what he had done. So they actually hired a private investigator who ended up stealing their fucking money and not helping find this kid. I, I did not know that until I was doing all this research. They just, like, fucking took all their money and left. Never helped to find their brother or their son. So he died March 24th, 1988 at only 22 years old and his uh, where he's buried is unknown. And then we have Anthony Sears, born January 28th, 1965. Uh, he was a manager, actually just got promoted to manager at a Baker's Square in Milwaukee. And he was supposed to celebrate with his family that Easter, but he never showed up. Um, he actually had a girlfriend and he was saving up money so that way they can get married. But he unfortunately died March 25th, 1988 at 24 years old buried in a cemetery in Greensfield, Wisconsin. Um, and then there's Raymond Smith. Raymond Smith, but he went by Ricky Beeks, born in 1957. Uh, he was living with his half-sister, and he had actually had a 10-year-old daughter, um, but she didn't live with him. Uh, he died March, or May 20th, 1990, at 20, or 32 or 33 years old, and his place of burial, where he was buried, is unknown as well. There's Edward W. Smith. He went by Eddie Smith, born in 1963 in Milwaukee. He had three siblings. Um, they have all passed away now. He was actually an aspiring model. His mom said, quote, Ed was raised in a Christian home where he learned how to be a loving, trusting, respectful human being. Eddie inherited, inherited all the blessings that a family structure had to offer. The greatest of those blessings was love. Uh, he unfortunately died June 14th, 1990 at 26 or 27, and where he is buried is unknown as well. Then there's Ernest Miller, born 1970. He was described as handsome, well-built, very talented dancer. Uh, he actually was just about to start at an arts college located in Chicago to become a professional dancer. His aunt said, quote, he was singing and performing when he was younger and used to sing at church. Uh, he unfortunately died September 2nd, 1990 at 19 or 20, and where he is buried is unknown as well. David C. Thomas, born 1967. He left behind a two-year-old daughter, his ex-girlfriend, Shonda, Chandra Beanland, uh, said, quote, Thomas was a fun-loving guy. I, I tried to go on with my life, but I can't let it go. Every man I meet, I think of David. He's in my dreams. Uh, he passed away September 24th, 1990 at 23 years old, and where he's buried is unknown as well. Curtis Strader was born April 6th, 1973 uh, in Wisconsin. He'd actually just lost his job as a nurse assistant, and he wanted to become a model as well, and he wanted to finish school. Uh, living with his mom and his grandma died February 18th, 1991 at 17 years old. And he's buried at the Holy, Holy Cross Cemetery and Mausoleum. Errol Lindsay, born 
March 3rd, 1972, uh, people described him as, quote, upstanding and generous individual and who loved to help others and took pleasure in making new friends. And yeah, he made friends super easily. He was very popular. He's really, really close to his mom and his sister. His sister, Rita Isbell, was actually the one who screamed at Dahmer in, during the trial when the families were allowed to talk and stuff like that. So yeah, that was his sister. Um, his mom said, quote, I can't understand how it happened, how he met Errol. Errol wasn't the type of talk, and it wasn't the type to talk to just anybody. He went to work and then he came home. He was a mama's boy. He wouldn't even go out with his friends without calling me to see what I was doing. And then his sister said, quote, when I think of my brother, I think of how he was such a goofball. And I think he's going to appreciate the fact that I'm still standing for him until his last breath. He knows that I'm still here for him. Also, after this documentary was released, I saw or I, I found this uh, from his sister saying, quote, when I saw some of the show, it bothered me, especially when I saw myself, when I saw my name acro come across the screen and this lady saying verbatim exactly what I said. If I didn't know any better, I would have thought it was me. Her hair was like mine. She had the same clothes. That's why I felt like I was reliving it all over again. I brought it brought back all the emotions I was feeling back then. I was never contacted about the show. I feel like Netflix should have asked if we mind or how we felt about making it. They didn't ask me anything thing they just did it so at the time of uh his death he had an unborn daughter to be named tatiana banks who actually i believe is 31 years old to this day and she has a child of her own um so errol died april 7th 1991 at only 19 years old buried in greenwood cemetery in michigan city indiana and then we have anthony hughes went by tony hughes born august 26 1959 um I read two articles. One said that when he was an infant, Tony had pneumonia, and that's why he lost his hearing. And then another one, I heard that he was given medication when he was a baby, and that kind of contributed to that. So I'm not sure exactly what happened. But his mom said that he was outgoing, he was happy, and he had no trouble finding friends at all. He also wanted to become a model. Um, I think this is the part where I cried during the documentary because her mom, or I'm sorry, his mom, um, saying that little The series. Poem. Huh? It's not a documentary. It's a I mean, series. I'm sorry, the docu-series? I don't know. A series? Um, yeah, when his mom was like doing that, saying the poem, I just, oh man, I, I was going to write it in here, but I was like, I can't get through it. So we all know, we all know we've seen it. Okay. So he, um, yeah, so he died May 24th, 1991 at only 31 years old. And when he, he is buried, it's also unknown. And then we have Conorak, um, he had eight siblings. Um, he was actually the one that, oh, that he was the one that escaped the police, or I'm sorry, escaped Dahmer, but the police were like, no, you look like you're 19, even though he was fucking 14 years old. When you see a picture, because I'm going to post all these pictures, it's like, this kid does not look like he's 19. I cannot believe they actually believe that he was 19. It blows my mind. So, in the, oh, actually in the, the, in the series, the Glenda was never there when it happened. It was her daughter and her niece, I believe, who found him and called the police. So they actually came over, his family came over from they came over from Laos in November of 1980 due to the worsening conditions after the communists took over in 1975. So he loved to play soccer, and he was only a freshman in high school at the time. Um, his brother was actually the one that was sexually molested by Dahmer, and he was on fucking probation at the time, and he still was able to kill this young child. And I also read that these officers, you know, I think they were still getting paid at the time, but then they got reinstated after you know, having this boy get sent back to Dahmer. They got reinstated, and then he became, like, the head of the police station, of the Milwaukee police station, and uh, ended up retiring in 2017. So that's pretty crazy that they both went on to continue 
working. So he died, uh, he died May 27th, 1991 at 14, buried in Holy Cross Cemetery and Mausoleum in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. There's Matt Turner, born, born October 15th, 1970. Uh, he was described by the director of uh, Teen Living Program, because I guess he was living there at the time, that he was a good, bright, and articulate child. Uh, he died June 30th, 1991 at 20 years old and his, where he's buried is unknown. Jeremiah Weinberger, born September 29th, 1967, worked as a customer service representative for a video store. His roommate said, quote, he loved art and was very meticulous. His desk was always straight and he knew where everything was. He was always dressed nice and always worried about what he wore and how he looked. He died, unfortunately, July 5th, 1991 at 23 years old and where he is buried is unknown. Oliver Lacey, born June 23rd, 1968, Chicago, Illinois. Um, he ran track at his high school, and he actually would wear his father's cross, his late father's cross, around his neck. And he had just moved to Milwaukee within, like, months of his father dying. And his mother described him as, like, really outspoken, and he was actually engaged with a two-year-old child. He died Ju July 15th, 1991, at only 23 years old, and where he is buried is unknown. And lastly, Joseph Bradhoft. Uh, born January 24th, 1966 in St. Paul, Minnesota to his father, William, and mother, Fern. He was married, and he had three children. And at the time, they were from, from the ages of two to seven. Uh, and he lo really loved sports. He loved fishing and unfortunately died July 19th, 1991 at 25 years old and where he's buried is un unknown. Um, Tracy Edwards was actually the one that they showed in the very beginning of the series who got away. And then the cops brought him back to get, you know, that key to get him unhooked. Um, so he was like hailed the hero because he was the one that pretty much stopped all the killings that Dahmer did. Um, but he actually, after Dahmer got convicted and everything, like he got charged with a bunch of stuff. He just went down the, the criminal hole, I guess you could say. Um, but he was charged with like theft, drug possession, property damage, and failure to, failure to pay child support. And almost to the day that Dahmer was arrested, uh, like 20 years later, Tracy was arrested and charged for homicide on suspicion of being one of two men that threw a man over a bridge. And that man ended up dying. So he spent a year and a half in prison. Uh, so that's pretty crazy that he almost dies. And then I guess this, he was homeless at this point. And it was like him and this other guy. And they were like arguing with this, the man that died. And they just like picked him up and threw him over a bridge. And, yeah, he ended up dying, and then he got charged for it. But I just thought that was crazy that he almost died and then, killing, you know, ends up killing somebody else. But, yeah, those are all the victims. I just want to give a little background of them. I, did, I didn't even know a lot of, or, no, a few of them had children. And even one was married. I had no idea. So, yeah, it's crazy how they, yeah, like you were saying, they just, you don't really know a lot of these victims because it just, like, Dahmer just took over. Everyone just wants to know, like, what he did and, you know, all this stuff, which is, I mean, I think we all find it pretty crazy that a person can do that. And I think that's why we all watch this kind of stuff. I think people gravitate more that to that because it's like out of the norm, unnatural and shit like that, you know, like gruesome and unnatural this one. Okay. Um, where it's like an exciting story and people are drawn to that kind of shit more than someone living a normal life. Absolutely. Totally. Yeah. I'm just like, you know. I'm, 
I hate to say that I enjoyed the documentary. I think it is was, a series. I'm sorry, it's a series. Damn it, sorry, a series. You watched the documentary. We were talking about it at work, and we we're like, "What was this called? Is it a docu docu series? No, no, no because it's not. It's not a documentary. It's not a docu series. It's, it's a series that they made with actors. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Don't get so mad at me about it. Been through it like a thousand times, but whatever. Anyways, um, the way that they, you know, obviously show the horrible things that Dahmer did, but they also were showing like people, you know, especially Glenda trying to call the cops and like, like you guys need to do something about this. Like something's actually going on and it shows that, you know, they were just like, no, you know, like that one guy that went to the police station was like, I know what's going on there. Like this guy was like trying to drug people and stuff like that. Like you need to go do something. And he's like, well, okay, we'll check it out. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's like, yeah. And then sending the kid back, which is just ridiculous. Cause at that time he was on probation for molesting that kid's brother. And no, they didn't even so. look that up or check it or anything? No. No, they didn't. They just they let didn't it happen. Even, yeah, exactly. I don't even think they wrote a report or anything. They just, like, believed Dahmer when he was like, oh, it's my boyfriend. He's it's a laziness and, uh, you know, non-empathy or just a bunch of apathy towards those neighborhoods and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. You know, poor neighborhoods. They're, you know, have a bunch of crime going on in them and stuff like that. And Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. They just don't believe anyone, want to help anyone, it seems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I read somewhere where it was like, uh, those two officers, it was more of like a, I don't know, it was going to be way more to like, you know, fire them to do all that and just keep them reinstated or whatever. I wrote it down somewhere, but I forgot. Yeah, that's because they're like in a union and stuff and they all have each other's back. Yeah, for sure. And the union reps will stand up for them and mm-hmm. make sure they're, they keep their jobs no matter what they do. Yeah. Yeah, I believe that. There's a lot of so many documentaries or I mean not there's documentaries and series mm-hmm. <laughs> about you know, about Dahmer. They're everywhere. But you know, we just I don't know, you never really hear about the victims. You always hear about for sure. that. And, for sure. I mean I'm guilty of sitting here, you know, obviously watching. And didn't they make out one of the victims to be gay when he wasn't? Um, yeah, I believe not that no, it matters too him. much, but no, like the, no. it, it kind of depicted that like it was like all of his victims were gay or something like that, you know? Yeah, exactly. That's like, what it made it seem like, but it, it wasn't that in fact, especially the first one, the hitchhiker. Uh, Stephen Hicks. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He was just yeah wanting to go to a concert and exactly. everything like that. And, yeah. And then uh, Tracy Edwards, the guy that escaped with, you know, he had the one handcuff on him. Um, I, during There's a whole thing you can look it up um, of him during the trial and he's saying the guy even asked him like you're not homosexual and he's like no i'm not you know and they totally made him like that in yeah in the in the uh series uh and also his best friend was white and you know they just kind of portrayed these three black men as being gay and that wasn't true so yeah there's little, little things here and there like glenda i don't think she lived right next door you know i think she lived in a whole another building but she yeah you know could still smell everything um, man, I can't imagine being in that complex and smelling that and not knowing what it was or like not knowing what to do or I don't know. I don't know. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, for but, sure. But, uh, but like, you know, a drama series like that will change things to make the story way more interesting. Oh, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. What I thought was a trip was um, how John Wayne Gacy, another serial killer, was put to death the same day. Jeffrey Dahmer decided to get baptized. I totally forgot about that. Cause we looked that up during a fucking 
Eclipse. Eclipse, yeah. Like all that's so weird to me. Yeah, that's right. Because we were like, oh no. When I was watching the series, I was like, all right, pause this shit and gotta look that up, and it (laughs) turned out to be true. Yeah, yeah, that was a trip. I didn't know that either. That was crazy. Like that's a trip. Weird coincidence. Super weird. Because they at that time they were, uh, you know, um, comparing and contrasting uh, Dahmer and John Wayne Gacy. Yeah, because it was pretty much yeah. yeah. They were both quote unquote killing gay men, I guess you could yeah. say, or boys. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I totally forgot about that. It was like around the same time. So a lot of weird, crazy things about that, and when you look at his whole life, and yeah, I, mean, I guess what happened with him and his mother, and mm-hmm. her taking all those meds and antidepressants and sleep medications while she was pregnant. Yeah, I wonder if that really did contribute to like a lot of. And then yeah, you know, and then obviously his parents the absence both of love. Exactly, yeah. Him saying how alone he was. Feeling ditched and stuff. And that's why I feel like that's why he killed those people or tried to create zombies to control them and make them stay so they wouldn't leave. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And their pieces of bones and, you know, organs were with him Mm -hmm. and they didn't leave. Exactly, yeah. So that was part of it. Really weird. Feel like him, you know, not being alone because he had that. Um, I also read, remember the whole mannequin thing that he got? Yeah. Pig, uh, is, is it like pygmalionism? <laughs> Sorry, we're looking over real quick. Um, but there's that's what there's a word for that for pygmalionism is uh, the definition of people who love their like their own creation kind of thing, and that's kind of what I feel like he had with this whole mannequin thing. You know, this is not working. But yeah, that's what he like. That's the definition of like somebody that loves their own creation. Like you know, he had this mannequin that he would. Feel like he felt like he wasn't alone when he had this mannequin with him and yeah. again like you were saying like he had all these freaking body parts and just made him not alone so i think we're gonna end it right here yep well thanks for listening guys yeah. to episode 14 about jeffrey dahmer yes yes, yes, yes. victims Sorry, little, of know, dahmer a little different this this week but uh a little late because of the tree tremors everyone's so loud around all? here you hear them all okay we're gonna we're gonna cut this off kind of weird ahead. that we're talking about serial killers and there's a wood chipper outside oh my god like fargo yep Ah. Um, That's a great movie. All right. Okay. Well, stay safe. Be aware. We love you guys. Until next time.